0: to First Church Charlotte. So everyone, we are in Mark chapter number 9 and we are reading at verse number 14. When he came to the disciples, Jesus saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. What's happening at the bottom of Mount Transfiguration? Well, there is a religious argument going on. And while it is happening, they are surrounded by an ocean of human need. Part of that need is a father who has brought a demon-possessed child to be delivered. Jesus asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered and said, "'Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, "'and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, "'he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, "'and becomes rigid. "'So I spoke to your disciples "'that they should cast it out, but they could not.'" I want to teach in this theme here for the next few moments. What is at the bottom of your mountain? What waits for you at the bottom of your mountain? For the disciples, this is uh, an interesting moment because they have just been, when I say the disciples, I am primarily referring to the three inner disciples, Peter, James, and John. They have been taken to the very pinnacle of manifest glory. And there, they have understandings given to them about who Jesus is, and how all the progressive revelation of God to humankind through Moses, law, or Elijah, prophets—it's all finding its ultimate completion in Jesus. So, on the mountaintop, they are experiencing, experiencing manifest power, but they are also be, being given profound truth. It's not just the glory that is manifest on the mountaintop. Uh, There is understanding on the mountaintop. And this is why I think you see that manifestation, not just of divine power, but of Moses and Elijah to show the thread of truth coming through the history of God's covenant people and finding its completion in Jesus Christ. That will not be the end of the story, of course, but the beginning of the most perfect story, the story of grace, and that is through Jesus comes not just covenant for the physical inheritors of Abraham's covenant, but to all those who can be born of Abraham through faith, they can become the children, the sons and daughters of God. Jesus comes down from Mount Transfiguration and the disciples are, Peter, James, and John, uh, newly wowed and newly awesomized, as we used to say in Bible school, awesomized. Uh, And what waits for them at the bottom of the mountain of glory? What waits for them at the bottom of a pinnacle of insight into prophetic fulfillment? and the purpose of the law? What waits for them at the bottom of this place where the eternal God has shown some small slice of his essence through Jesus Christ? What waits for them at the bottom of this mountain? Well, uh, here's the reality. What waits for them at the bottom of the mountain is an ocean of human need and a never-ending debate about religion an ocean of human need, and a never-ending debate about truth. Uh, I am humbled by this because as a person who has spent most of my life in the church, uh, I, I, I say it that way, not because I've ever been officially backslidden, I haven't, but I, I would be misleading uh, to you and more dangerously, I would be deceiving myself. Um, the most dangerous lies are the ones we tell ourselves. Uh, I would be deceiving myself to think that I've always been where I should be in God, and that would be a profound uh, miscarriage of truth. I have not always been where I need to be in God. In fact, I have rarely been where I need to be in God. And beyond my current level of uh, commitment, sacrifice, there was even more that was available because Um, Pursuing God is not swimming in a shallow pool. There's always more. There's waters to swim in. And so I have experienced what I felt like were tremendous times of God's glory and his uh, power. Now, admittedly, that was experienced through my experience of God, uh, through my worship, through my praise, just like it is uh, for you. But even so, I have I have felt at times like I was caught away with the Lord and what waited for me just outside the, the revival service, what waited for me just outside uh, the camp meeting gathering, what waited for me just outside the special event or conference. Same thing that waits for all of us, an endless ocean of human need an endless debate, disagreement about what is true, what is right, and how other people think you should live. Um, This is what meets them at the bottom of the mountain of transfiguration. Um, This boy is obviously having uh, symptoms of a seizure. Uh, What's unique about this story is the Bible is clear that it is a spirit-induced seizure. It's not just a physical reality, there is a spiritual component, component to it, which we will not understand because we weren't there, but Jesus understood because he was and the Father brings the Son to be healed. And while Jesus and the disciples are caught away, as it were, on the top of Mount Transfiguration, the needs did not stop coming. Now, this is a reality for all Christian leaders. Uh, While uh, I'm taking a break, which I have to do, the needs don't stop. Uh, While you are recovering, uh, the brokenness of human of the human story does not end in the world God has placed you to make a difference in. Uh, the needs are still coming. Yes, Peter, James, and John need to see what is happening on Mount Transfiguration. Yes, the fulfillment of the prophetic necessity that which God has ordained is all happening on Mount Transfiguration. But while that is happening, there is no shortage of human needs washing like waves endlessly onto the shore. Um, This father brings his son, and uh, the disciples have prayed, and they have been unable to have breakthrough. They have been unable to take dominion over the force of evil, the demonic spirit that is holding that boy in captivity. They are unable to break the dominion of the enemy in this boy's life. Um, this is met from scribes with an argument as to why what you are doing is wrong. Um, there's a lesson here that that I, I want to take care to express in the right way, but it's here. <laughs> the point is not that truth doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is not that there isn't a biblically right way to do things. That isn't the point. Uh, We know scripturally that doctrine matters. Um, We know through the teaching of the apostles and through the writing uh, in the epistles of the New Testament, we know doctrine matters. My point is not that doctrine doesn't matter. My point is, The doctrine that we often disagree about or argue about or the preference, the church style, the preference, that has almost no impact on the ocean of human needs. I enjoy studying scriptures. I enjoy understanding uh, doctrines and understanding the history of doctrines and how set of beliefs came to be embraced. Uh, I have done this probably a a good bit of, uh, I spent a good time, uh, more than the average bear, uh, reading and studying and enjoying these things. But I want to be clear with all of us here today that I'm unaware of how that met any human need other than my own interests. The lesson is this, While the disciples are arguing with the scribes, the human needs are still coming ashore like an endless repetition of waves pounding the shore. And when Jesus comes down from Mount Transfiguration, he's met by an ocean of human need and an endless religious debate. Uh, Jesus informs the disciples that the reason why they could not cast out the demon uh, was because of a lack of faith. Now, before I get much into that, which I'm gonna do in just a moment, I wanna complete the story. The crowd is watching. Jesus uh, asks the Father if he can believe. If he can believe, then the Bible says, all things are possible. The point here is not to say, you can name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, just, you know, God's Santa Claus in the sky. We do know we can ask amiss. We do know we can ask outside the will of God. The point is, is not that, although there are some schools of uh, thought that really wanna emphasize that. Um, so that's fine for them. Uh, the point is this, we can ask amiss. We can, we can ask by our, uh, be driven by our own lusts and ask for our own, uh, the fulfillment of our lusts, not the manifestation of God's kingdom. Um, The point, rather, is that the battle between spiritual kingdoms is moved by the faith of believers. That's the point. This contest of kingdoms, it's not about the end of the story. We've, we know the end of the story. That's not what it's about. It's about the need in the here and now and whether or not we manifest the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not depending on us to have a final victory. That victory has already been established and paid for at Calvary. But what's happening in the here and now is we manifest the kingdom of God. We demonstrate that we are not of this world and we lead people to the ultimate spiritual supply, which is God in their life. The disciples, they fail to move the kingdoms that are at war by not having faith. And Jesus then asks the Father, can you believe? Now, you have to say this for the father. He thinks he can, but he'd like to have more. Now, I want to identify with the, the father in the story. Uh, I don't wanna identify with, with <laughs> even though I do, I don't wanna identify with the squabbling scribes and he, whichever disciples were having the best argument. That's not where I want to identify. I wanna identify with the father that says, I think I believe. <laughs> I really, really think I believe, but if I miss it, if I don't get it, please help my unbelief. Build my faith, oh Lord. Um, this father doesn't try to lie to himself. He doesn't try to act like he's powerful. He doesn't try to act like he's got, you know, God and a half Nelson. <laughs> he He's up front. I think I believe, yeah, but if, if I'm missing it somehow, please God. Give me faith, teach me faith, teach me, teach me, let me learn, let me grow. In the story, I identify with with the Father. I think I believe, I really do. But if there's something I can do to build faith, by all means, do not withhold that wisdom from me. I want to build my my faith. If you're facing a dilemma in your life, if you're filled with fear or uncertainty, uh, rather than just, you know, coping with the fear and uncertainty, why don't you ask God to help your faith in this situation? In fact, there might be something you can do where you simply start by asking yourself, how well have I been doing in terms of faith in this situation? I need a job. How has my faith been? My relationship needs help. How has my faith been? And if you're not absolutely sure, why don't you err on the side of the same way this father did and said, I think I believe. But help my unbelief. I want to believe. And then Jesus delivers the boy and the boy is uh, unconscious. And then the Bible says that Jesus takes his hand and tells the boy to rise. And so now the disciples wanna know where they missed it. Why could we not cast out uh, this evil spirit? And and Jesus says this, and we've all heard it referenced and talked about and even teased about, uh, and that is this this kind of oppression, this kind of demonic stronghold uh, is moved by prayer and fasting. This is important because what Jesus is saying in this kind of battle the battle is not on the outside it's on the inside don't rush past that it may very well be that in your life you're facing a spiritual challenge that the battle is not on the outside it's on the inside you by changing the inner battle win that which is external to your soul. By winning the battle within your soul, you win the battle that is the larger context in which you are, you are living. You see, the, the battle without, that external battle of spiritual dominions, um, it, is, it is between these, these forces that are difficult for us in the flesh to understand, but spiritually exist and war against one another. And what is it that the evil, the evil dominion of, of, of satanic oppression wants? To kill and to steal and to destroy. What is it that heaven wants? He's come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And the battle, the outer battle, the external battle is between the grinding of these spiritual kingdoms. And we as believers, can make an in, a difference and have an influence in this. But before we can win a battle of spiritual dominion, we have to win an inner battle. And this is so helpful for people of faith. Uh, when we seem to struggle, it's not that the kingdom without is winning and we are being defeated. It's that we are losing an inner battle. Because when we get the battle of faith, the struggle of spiritual discipline. When we get ourselves ordered with prayer and fasting, then we're able to make a difference in the external battle. And this happens through faith. Faith is how we as believers move the spiritual needle, so to speak, and make a real difference. Uh, in our life. And Jesus specifically mentions prayer and fasting. Uh, fasting is the humbling of your self and the ordering of your desires. The discipline of your desires, your perceived needs, it is about power over the flesh. Now remember, when Jesus comes down from the mountain, what's happening? There's an endless sea of human need. Never ends. And there's a great big religious debate. Now, uh, as religious people, there's tendency is for us to be in the religious debate. Well, I think we ought to do it that way. I think we ought to do it this way. Well, I don't know about this. That's human nature. And I'm as susceptible to it as any one of you are. Um, but when we come down and we realize that at the bottom of our Mount of Revelation, is endless human need and a great big argument over truth. Um, It helps us understand how we fall into the snare of things that although quite engrossing, don't do anything to move the empires of spiritual dominion that war against each other. So let's take the perspective of those having the religious debate. Um, you see, we tend to, in that context, in that religious debate or argument, we tend to do battle with each other. We're not doing battle against kingdom dominion. We're fighting with each other. And then what do we do? Having finished fighting with each other, we gather with the folks who agree with us, and we go eat. <laughs> do You see what's happening at the bottom of the mountain? There's a disagreement over truth And the battle is between people who want to control how things are done. While their focus is there, they're unable to meet human need. They're unable to have any authority. Why? Because instead of fighting within, disciplining within, prayer and fasting, they're fighting with each other and then taking the ones who agree with them to eat. There's a point to be made here, and if you've been around church much, this can be a little humorous to you, like it is to me, but there's a point to be made here. The battle is not with each other. The battle is against the self. The battle is not, I'm not saying that, don't misunderstand, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that doctrine doesn't matter, no. I'm talking about how we get confused about what, pushes back the forces of darkness. We see in the story that rather than fighting with scribes and Pharisees, they should have been winning the battle within, prayer and fasting, so they might have authority in the contest of spiritual kingdoms. So this story challenges all of us to be more focused on winning a spiritual battle on the inside so we can make a difference in the spiritual battle that's happening all around us. And if we will not make an effort to win that spiritual battle on the inside, we will have very little effect on the battle that is outside. And so uh, if the Lord would help us, we will recognize that before we can change others, we have to win this internal battle before we make a difference in their life, we need to get authority in our lives. We need to take ourselves to a prayer closet. It's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And having won that battle, I now am prepared to make a difference in the battle that I am living in the midst of. I'm glad for every time you've been caught up to Mount Transfiguration, and I'm glad every time I have seen in my spirit the great manifestation of God. But we don't get to stay on the mountaintop. We go right back down to the valley. Because there's a battle in the valley. There's actually uh, more than one battle. One battle is ultimately a distraction. That's fighting with other people about this and that. And there's one battle that matters. And that's the battle you need to fight inside you. And if you can draw close to God, if you through prayer and fasting can establish a place of spiritual faith, confidence, and authority, now you have spiritual dunamis power over the forces of the enemy. So God help us to know and to see that if we're gonna make a difference in the endless sea of human need, We've got a battle to win right here. And then, having committed here, we're able to make a difference in the world in which God has placed us. Lord, help us to know, to learn, to see. Help us to, through faith, through spiritual discipline, through desire, to be people of prayer, people who believe in fasting, people who order their souls, people who, in a spiritually profound way, live with great faith. And so when the needs that are in our lives come rushing to us, we're able to stand not on our own reassurances, not our own debates with other people about how this and why that, but we're able to stand in the power of personal transformation. Prayer and fasting has built faith in us, and we're able to speak the name of Jesus over every need in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you, parents. There is a notes for you that's just a guided discussion for you to have with your children. Uh, it's on the website. Please sit with your children this week, talk about the scripture together, answer questions. They need to have you teach them the word of God. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to first church charlotte if this podcast has blessed you please rate it with four or five stars by doing so you will help others find our free podcast